everyone, and welcome to Minute 85 of Movie Rob Minute, the daily podcast, where we take a wild trip to the 1987 John Hughes comedy, Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, one minute at a time. I'm Rob, and joining me to finish off the week is Travis Bow. Welcome back, Travis. Thank you for having me. One last, uh, one last leg of the journey here. Well, you know, I figured it's it's pretty lonesome, so might as well might as well do it with somebody else. Why not? And maybe maybe I'll even get an answer to to we'll get an answer to Neil's question from yesterday. Who knows? Yeah. So minute eighty five begins with Neil staring down Dell, and ends with Dell and Neil coming to a house. Pretty simple, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yesterday but again, we... another really nicely contained minute here. Yes, completely. It, I, I did it all for you, Travis. Yeah, appreciate it. <laughs> so basically, yesterday we ended things with Neil finally coming to the realization that something is not correct with what's going on with Dell, and he rushes back and f- finds Dell sitting in his lonesome at the train station, and he asks the ultimate question: Dell, what are you doing here? And Neil just stares at Dell, and he starts walking towards him. And it's really it's great to see that the way that John Candy plays Dell, you can you can feel that the character is both scared and feeling uncomfortable at this moment. Yeah, you know, he's not really sure what's going on here. <laughs> you know, as we mentioned yesterday, that 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 he is feels like he's been caught, but here he's even you know, scared. He's looking at his hands and you see that his hands seem to be trembling and fidgeting and stuff like that. Maybe a little bit uh, embarrassed, maybe a little bit ashamed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Combination of it all. Yeah. So what was, what was Dell going to do? You know, like it, you can, that could be a question for like just this end of the journey or this entire journey, what was his goal? Where was he going? Where was he coming from? What's next? I don't, I get to this point and I'm like, he wasn't, doesn't seem to be, let me back up. I think at the start of the journey, you think, oh, he's, he's headed home to be with his wife for, for Thanksgiving. I think that's what Neil kind of assumes he's doing. And, right. And we assume yeah. that too. And then, now we find out he his plan was to go to Chicago, but what for? Yeah, it's 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 a big question that we will never know the the true answer to. You know, maybe you know maybe he has a house somewhere, and he was planning on going to his house. You know, whatever. I mean, we'll we'll get into it a little bit with the, with the script. Mm-hmm. The script does give us a little more details as to what's what's really going on. But looking at the movie face value, you know, without knowing what, what's in script, there, there's really no yeah. answer to that. Because he's just sitting there waiting. What is he waiting for? Is he waiting for someone to come pick him up? Is he waiting just for uh, to decide where he wants – what hotel he wants to go to? You know, it could be yeah. anything. It, it kind of – it read to me a little bit like, you know, he, he's, a, he's homeless and he has nowhere to go. And I don't – but I don't get the sense – that he is, I mean, we know he's living out of this trunk, but he's, he's clean. His clothes are always clean. He's not, you know, 
disheveled, really. He's not a derelict. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, it's so odd. Yes, it really is. And, you know, that's, I guess it's one of the things that they want us to, to, to question these things, to, to, to ponder it and wonder where, where is Dell actually planning on going? Or is he just waiting for Neil to come back? <laughs> yeah. Ah, but then again, he wouldn't feel as embarrassed yeah. if he was waiting for him. So, yeah, I mean, part of also, the, it, Neil then said to him, you, you said you were going home. What are you doing here? Okay. So, like, I, I wonder, what's the, what's the purpose of having this reveal? I mean, are we, tr- are we supposed to pity Dell at this point? I think so. Yeah, because the, they don't give us enough information as to what's really going yeah. on here. You know, Dell begins to stammer and respond. He goes, I, I, I don't have a home. And then he says, Marie's been dead for eight years. And they just leave it at that. Even when we come back on Sunday, because next week we're actually starting episodes on Sunday, we, we're not going to know what the answer is at looking at the movie. You know, if you look at the script, it will explain a little bit more. I find it interesting that they, they just give us that one line. Marie's been dead for years. And that's it. No explanation, nothing. Who is he? Where is he? Where is he going? What is, you know, does he have other family? Nothing. You know, and again, I mean, this is, this is, Thanksgiving is known as the holiday, you know, where, you know, where, where you have guests and things like that. So maybe that's part of the whole idea here is, okay, there might be someone in your life that is, is more lonesome than you think they are. You know, maybe maybe that's part of the the message that that John Hughes was trying to 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 give out here. I I don't know. You know, but but I mean, as I mentioned yesterday, this scene is just amazing because of the performances of of both John Candy and Steve Martin. Their body language and everything. It just yeah, I love the, it, it's the way great. Steve Martin. You know, looks down at the ground. He looks sullen. You know, he's he's we know that he's com- contemplating like. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring Dell home with me, but I, I I really love the way he plays that because he almost has an angry look on his face, but it that's not the emotion yeah. that is there. It's it's just a very serious look that I really like here. Yeah, and and it goes on for like 20 seconds after the after Dell says that Marie's been dead. You know, they did show us shots of the two of them back and forth looking at each other. Pondering, okay, what are we going to do with this situation? Where do we go from here? You know, our our friendship has now taken uh, another, has gone another level. You know, is this a good good level for us or a bad level? You know, that I, I think they're like quickly trying to contemplate that that type of thing. <laughs> you know, I don't know, <laughs> and yeah. I guess we will never really know. What what because this is also this is part of the the changed ending because this was not in the original script which mm. today we have a lot to talk about the script when we get to it because there's there's a lot there and then the the, the music that we were talking about Daryl Hall music every time you go away you know we actually get a little bit of the the words now and then uh, the scene changes and we get a shot of Neil and Dell both walking down the streets holding the the steamer trunk between them. And I like the fact that Steve Martin is eagerly helping Dell with his yeah. stuff. I mean, you you have Neil carrying the suitcase, and 
and Dell is carrying his briefcase. Neil's smiling. Like you can tell, like your yes. the scene picks up just after they one of them told a joke. You know, it just seems like they've they've enjoyed the right. walk together. Do you remember that yeah. time? Yeah. <laughs> um I yeah, I love this shot. The two of them walking down the middle of the street with this this trunk and it's it's symmetrically it, it's very pleasing because they're both carrying like a, a satchel or a carry-on on on the outside, yeah. and then they've both got the trunk, you know, between them. It, it's a fantastic shot, and uh, yeah, like watching the movie, I thought the trunk is going to, you know, get destroyed. The contents are going to get, you know, scattered all about, especially the the couple of. Uh, like accidents that they they get into on the highway, you know, just the amount of like damage this trunk takes. I just thought it was going to become a casualty, like Neil's hat and his suit bag, and like he's lost all his stuff. Yet miraculously, uh, Dell has come through with all of this luggage, and it's. I like that Dell doesn't lose this stuff because now we've found out that this is his home. You know, this is what he, all of his possessions are right here uh, being carried by these, these two guys. And uh, yeah, I just really like that that it survives the journey. And it's, I don't like when movies say like, Oh, Gotham city is a character, you know, a city is a character, New York, it's a character. This trunk kind of feels like a character in this movie, you know? Um, So I, I really like that it, survives the journey and and here uh neil is is gladly helping uh bear the load share yeah. the load yeah I, I i think also that the trunk and, and i i this is the first time it actually just just hit me as we're talking about this i think the trunk is also analogous to dell you know he's big and yeah. he can take a beating and he still you know it still stays the same and moves along yeah you know, as much of the verbal beating that that or and physical beating that Dell has taken here, you know, he's still he's still this he hasn't changed. He's the same person he was before. He's still the happy go lucky guy. You know, he he might be lonely, but he still has he's still the the ever optimist in everything that yeah. he does. You know, I think that that's great. And then we 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 get a shot of them from behind as they start walking up towards Neil's house. Okay. So I actually did a little bit of research about the house Mm. to see if it was a real house or not. And it turns out it was, or it is, it's a, it was actually put up for sale in 2012 and it was sold for nearly $1.8 million. It's a house that was built in 1917 Okay. It has six bedrooms, four bathrooms, a library, and a sunroom. And it's located at 230 Oxford Road, Kenilworth, Illinois. And apparently the the entire neighborhood has some really nice houses based on what I saw. Yeah. Everything I found about this house or uh, I kept seeing, is is this the home alone house? And it's not. You know? And apparently it's, it's similar. two different yeah. houses. Yeah, it's they look very similar. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Now I like the fact that it's it's basically, you know, you see that there are lights on in the house, and that when they were walking down the street, you saw some of the street lights were on also. So basically, we're we're getting towards dusk. You know, which you 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 would think might be a little late for him, because you know he needs to get there by the end of the football game. And the football game, if I remember correctly, the football game usually started at eleven a.m. So I, I don't know. Yeah. Not really sure. Maybe maybe they start later. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. That that I don't remember. Is the is the football game line? Is that only in the script? No. Well, there's a football game. No. Or do they establish? There was a that... football game, uh, uh, which we discussed when they were in the first motel. Okay, but yeah. but I'm talking about the football game on and Thanksgiving. They say that... They're not talking about the football game on Thanksgiving. But we'll we'll get there. And today's script does mention it, so we'll. We'll, we'll talk okay. about that. So, did you have anything else you want to say about the, this minute? Um, a, a little bit about the the minute, but more just overall with the movie. Is Dell actually employed by a shower ring sales company, or is that just is he? I, I don't know why it occurred to me. Like, is he legitimately employed by this company selling shower rings, or is he? going motel to motel, stealing the shower rings from there and then selling them. And that's how he's grifting his way across the country. I, I think that's a, a great idea, but I believe that Dell is the genuine article. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't think he's, he's, he's doing that. I think he, he really does work for, for, for them. So yeah, that, that's what I think. Okay. But but that's a great theory. No question about that. So every day I talk about the differences between the, the, the script and the final cut of the film. We actually have, I think, five pages. Or actually, we have more than that. We have no, five and a half pages of, of script that are not in the movie. So I'm, I'm going to quickly go through them because I don't want to you know, drag it out too much, but basically the first thing we get is we get an extended scene in the train station between Dell and Neil. Now, remember anyone who, everyone who was listening yesterday, when in the, the original script, it's a different uh, bus terminal or train, it's different train station because Dell has jumped ahead, taken a taxi to to surprise Neil and show up there. So, you know, it starts off or it ended yesterday's uh, part of the script ended with Dell. What are you doing here? And then it says Dell looks away. Neil walks over to him. Dell looks up at him. He doesn't say anything. Then Neil says, you were, you said you were going to, to Homewood. What are you doing here? And he goes, I don't live in Homewood. He says, I'm not getting into this, Dell. I don't know what you're up to, but I'm going home. Dell nods. He's serious and somber. The old in- enthusiasm and, and bullshit has evaporated. Neil heads to the doors. He starts to exit, stops a long beat, and he kicks the door. God damn it. Dell jumps from the sudden noise. Neil turns to him. Go ahead, Neil. I'm sorry. I shouldn't be here. You're right, Dell. I don't know what the deal is with you, but you ought to be home. I ought to be home. I don't understand you. I don't understand any of this. I've said goodbye to you ten times in two days. I know. Go on home. I'm fine. Don't give me that shit, Dell. Why don't you go home? Dell looks at the floor. Dell doesn't answer. What's the matter with you? Why the hell don't you go home? I can't. What do you mean you can't? Why not? 
There's a long pause. Sirius, dying in, waits for a response. Holds his anger at bay, at bay. Looks away, looks back. I don't have a home. The anger fades on Neil to be replaced by confusion. Dell looks at Neil. Sorry he's burdened him. Sorry for everything he's done, but lost and down and completely out of emotional options. Marie's been dead for eight years, like a knife through Neil's heart. Then it says, Dell and Neil are sitting on facing benches. Dell's smoking. She was sick when we got married. She just never got better. Once she was gone, I sold the house. I didn't feel much like being there. My life was empty enough as it was. I couldn't handle the thought of rambling about the place without Marie there. So I just closed it up, took a few things, and I've been on the road ever since. The trunk. Dell reaches into his pocket and comes up with a key. He unlocks the trunk and opens it. The remnants of Dell's domestic life. A lamp, some sheets, towels, pictures, a couple pans, fragile things wrapped in newspaper. Neil leans back from the trunk. He closes the lid. I don't have much family. A brother in Montana, some cousins. Marie's folks died back to back the year after we married. They were pretty old. She was a late child. We didn't get the chance to have our own kids. She wanted three, two boys and a girl. He smiles sadly. A number, I number about 300 motels as my home. I sort of attach myself to people from time to time, like with you, especially around the holidays. I can take it in March, July, October. I don't mind it, but it gets hard around this time of year. I've never had much of a chance to be a family man, but it gets really hard. And you know what it is? Neil shakes his head. He's about to cry. I don't get to give any of myself to anybody. It's not the getting I miss, it's the giving. I sat on the plane with you and I thought about you heading home to be with your people. And Tuesday night when you were in the shower and I looked at the pictures of your kids, man, I thought you gotta be the luckiest man on earth to go home and put those, those little guys on your knee and hug them and kiss them. I'm 39 years old and I never had that and I never will. I'm sorry about all this. I just kind of lost control this time. Every year since Marie's been gone, I've gotten closer and closer to losing it. Usually I head for a church. I can feel like I'm part of something when I'm in a church. This time, I guess I didn't get to the church fast enough. I just couldn't let go. He looks at his watch. I vowed I'd, I'd never burden anybody with this, and I broke my vow. Held you away from your family. I caused you a hell of a lot of trouble. You better run. Neil stares at the floor, devastated by Dill's story. I'm going to head back downtown. He stands up. I know the firm you work for. I read your business card. I've kept a sort of tab on what I owe you, and I'll get it all back to you. And I just want to say, in 15 years on the road, I never met a nicer guy than you. And that comes straight from my heart. God bless you, buddy. A few more like you, and the planet will be in good shape. He lifts one end of the trunk and picks up the suitcase and sample case. When I give my thanks, it's going to be for meeting you. He starts to drag the trunk back to the platform. Neil looks up, looks at Dell. Same here. Dell stops. He looks at Neil, gives him a wink, and continues across the station. And that's the way that, that that pretty much ends. It gives us so much more insight into the character. There's no question about that. It's yeah. done really well. I, I, I'm I'm on the fence as to whether it was it's needed in the movie. It's great to know, but there's it, it yeah. There's a lot. Maybe there. maybe too much. Um, yeah. I I even wrote down like what's in the trunk. I I w- wondered why there isn't a moment where they have a discussion about like, Hey, what's in this thing. But then I just assumed, well, they don't have a moment like that. So it must just be his clothes, his, you know, his personal effect. I didn't, didn't expect there to be a lamp and, right. you know, I mean, we know there's, there's a picture of um, a pillow. I just, that's ass- all we know. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, but man, that's yeah. I'm glad they didn't do that. All, all of that. Um, but it's nice to know. <laughs> and the information about yeah, yeah, the information about how he and Marie got together, and it, it was kind of a short, you know, uh, short time together. Like that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I guess they they, they couldn't yeah. figure out how to. That's a lot. You know, keep parts of this in, so they decided just to. Take it all out. Yeah, and I don't. I don't like that it does paint the picture that uh, Dell is is kind of a right. parasite's the wrong word, but this idea that he latches on to to people during his travels and that he's here because he's his latest, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, companion is is Neil. Yeah, it makes it like we were talking about yesterday, where he's he's met him you know, ahead of where uh, on on Neil's journey, and and like he's waiting for him. Like that makes it creepier. Yeah, definitely. So. And and then the the script goes along a little further and gives us some more insight as to what's going on in the house. Okay, it says the football games just ended. Neil's father-in-law Martin and his father Walt are in the family room watching the TV, which is interesting that they say it this way because in the movie, we'll talk about this next week, it's switched. Neil's father's name is Martin and his father-in-law's name is Walt. So here it's the, the other way. A two-year-old boy, Seth, is asleep in Walt's arms. A six-year-old girl, Marty, is on the floor combing her little, her My Little Pony's hair. A five-year-old boy, little Neil, is sharing a chair with Martin. I'm telling you, the Lions never fail to disappoint. They won, for God's sakes. It was a squeaker, Walt. If they win, it's always a squeaker. And then little Neil says, what's a squeaker? You just watched one. I did, and I didn't even know it. And then, so I I, I did a, a little bit of research as to, I grew up in Detroit, so I remember that on Thanksgiving, there always was a Lions game on Thanksgiving. And I was wondering, okay, wh where did that come from? So... When the NFL was was created in 1920, right? They they always had played games on Thanksgiving, but it it wasn't it wasn't a specific team. You know, they would always have a Thanksgiving giving day game. So in in 1934, the owner of the Lions, George Richards, he began a tradition to have Thanksgiving Day games in Detroit as a gimmick to get people to go to the Lions games, and you know, he, he, at this point was able to, to also, he, uh, he owned a radio station, WJR, which is a major affiliate of the NBC blue network, which is uh, what's now known as ABC. And he was able to negotiate an agreement for them to carry the Thanksgiving games live across the entire country. And so it just, it just stuck. Hmm. You know, since then, there there have been the Dallas Cowboys now apparently also have a game every year. Since 1966, they play on, on Thanksgiving. And and then uh, there there's a third game that's always played, but that's not one to any specific teams. You know, they just have a third, 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 okay. uh, third matchup, you know, against rivals or something like that. So I find it interesting. Now, I also looked up on this particular day what happened with the Lions game, okay? Because So they, they played Kansas City Chiefs on November 26th, 1987. 
and the Chiefs actually won the game 27 to 20. So once again, they 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 were incorrect in their prediction here because the Lions did not win. They lost, and they, you know, to say that this was a squeaker, I don't know. I'm I'm not that, that much of a football fan, but in the first quarter, the Chiefs led seven nothing. The second quarter, the Chiefs led 17-10. Third quarter, sorry, they got 17 more points. And and the, the Lions got 10 points. In the third quarter, the Chiefs got three points and the Lions got three points. And in the fourth quarter, the Lions got another seven points. So the, the, the final score was 27-20. So I don't know if you would call that a squeaker, but, you know, it's, it's still fun to have that little, uh, yeah. uh, you know, the little conversation between the, 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 the two, the, the older generation about the game, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. I'd be curious, I'd be curious to see who the lions played and did they win in 86? Like maybe when this script was being written and they're maybe basing uh, that, it off that, of that previous That's year. actually a very interesting thing to check up and, and we will have to check that up. That's actually uh, a great idea. Then we get another short little conversation between uh, Susan and her mother-in-law. You know, they're in the kitchen. So it says, uh, Neil's wife, Susan, is finishing a relish tray. Her mother, Joy, is stirring gravy, and her mother-in-law, Peg, is whipping mashed potatoes with an egg beater. Then Sue says, for all I know, Neil could be splattered all over some highway. Some Peg shuts off the egg beater. It's her son. Are you just trying to upset me? Of course not. And then she says to her, her daughter, last time he called, he said what? He said he and this Del Griffith person were in Okanamowoc, Wisconsin. Martin and I have friends in Okanamowoc, the Kudners. Their boy's a state trooper. So the state trooper that we saw uh, last week that was that was played by Michael yeah. McKean, that's actually his name, Kudner, in the script. Okay. <laughs> So it's pretty funny that they mentioned that, you know, that Neil's uh, parent, Neil's parents actually know this guy's parent, you know, his parents. So I, I, I thought yeah. that's, that's pretty funny that they, they would do that. And <laughs> then she says, I think he's full of crap. He said the rental car burned up. He said he got robbed. <laughs> he and this Del Griffith. Who's Del Griffith? Some guy he met at the airport in New York. And that's it. Again. It's a scene that's not needed. It doesn't really add anything, but it's still, uh, you know, fun fun to actually have it in here. So the football game on Thanksgiving in 1986 between the Lions and the Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay, the Packers won 44-40. So no. yeah, that this was this was close. This was actually very close. This this that does sound like a squeaker because in the in the the first quarter the Packers got thirteen uh, points and the Lions got ten. Second quarter ten and ten. Third quarter seven and seventeen. And then the fourth quarter the Packers got two touchdowns, so they got another fourteen points. And the Lions only got three, so they 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 actually won in the the fourth quarter. So there you go. It's that squeaker. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for giving me the, the, the idea to check that out. Sure. <laughs> All right. So every Friday we have a segment called Weekend Candy, where my guest gives their top five John Candy performances. So 
What do you think of John Candy's performances, Travis? Um, I will say in number five, uh, the, the first half of Stripes. I think the first half is really good. I think the second half is just pretty much pretty, you know, meh. I, I, I think it's more than just the first half. It's the first segment, I would say. You know, mm. up until they get out of basic training or, or they get. Yeah. Uh, number four, uh, the great outdoors, uh, number three, national lampoons vacation, number two, the rescuers down under and number one home alone. Yeah. I will say I, I did enjoy this movie and it was just kind of a movie that, um, I, I have a, a cousin who showed me parts of this movie and maybe we started to watch it, but couldn't finish it. But I don't really remember the beginning of the movie. I just kind of remember, you know, brief segments of it. Um, so I don't think I've ever watched it, you know, in one sitting, even, even as a kid, but, uh, no watching it now. Like I, I'm glad I did. I, I do enjoy it. So I get why people, you know, watch it every year for around Thanksgiving. I got, I could see this being your, your go-to, uh, Thanksgiving holiday movie. Not that there are a lot, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Not many to choose from, but yeah. uh, you know, you still you still got them. Every day we have a segment called Off the Beaten Track, where either myself or my guest will give a little uh, adventure or misadventure of something that happened to us during the journey of life. So, Travis, do you got another story for us? I do. Uh, so we were uh, some friends. We were staying in a cabin in. I think we were in Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and we decided to go on one of these, like, oh, we'll go down to the river, we'll get into some uh, uh, inner tubes, we'll just, you know, cruise down the river, we've got a another tube uh, for our cooler, like an inflatable cooler, so we can just drink and have fun, just being kind of floating down the, the river all day, and so we get there, we get in the water, Instantly, my wife loses a sandal. So in trying to get to the sandal, I lose one of my flip-flops, but I get her sandal back. Mm. And so then we start down the river. It's it's very low. Apparently it hasn't rained, you know, for two weeks or whatever. Um, we find out, that, you know, no one should have been on this river really because it was just too low. And so we end up having to walk most of the river. It's like three mile, you know, uh, trip down river before they, they pick you up a couple miles down the river uh, a couple hours later or whatever. Um, over the course of the, the journey, I end up losing my other sandal. I lose my shirt. I'm, I'm walking this riverbed that's mostly dry. Um, for there were segments of it that I was able to, we were able to get on our, inner tubes and, and float, you know, um, but I end up, yeah, like I said, just walking most of this, this trip over, you know, uneven, uh, river rocks, um, and finally get to the end of this journey. And because it took us so much longer, you know, the van that like dropped you off at the start of the, the river and is supposed to pick you up down river so many hours later, they just left. They, <laughs> We weren't there. They left. Um, oh, yeah. So we have to walk a mile to the nearest place with a phone. We call the 
the uh, the place to hey come pick us up that sort of thing. And uh, by this time, I'm just live. I'm white hot with anger. Yeah, no, my wife and and our friends are like, no one talk to Travis right now. Just he needs <laughs> some alone time. Um, yeah, it was probably one of my most like rage filled. You know, just just. <laughs> just hate <laughs> just white hot rage at this at this trip that we took so no more uh you know river trips for for this guy <laughs> all right well thank you for sharing that with us <laughs> even though it brings up the 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 incredible hulk inside of you yeah yeah we call we call that that trip uh river rage so okay makes sense yeah Makes sense. Okay, great. Thank you very much, Travis. No, yeah. So you want to, once again, for the final time, tell people how they can get in touch with you. Yeah, you can find me on Real Comic Heroes. That's my comic book movie podcast. You can find me on Marvel Events Timeline. That's my Marvel Comics podcast. Or you can find me on Watchmen Minute. That's my Movies by Minutes project on Zack Snyder's Watchmen. So you can find me all those places. You can hear me on uh, guesting on fine shows like this one. You know, I'm around. All right. Excellent. And finding me is very simple. All you do is a quick search for Movie Rob Minute, and you can find me on Twitter, you can find me on Facebook, or you can go to our website. So thank you very much, Travis. I appreciate having you on this week. It's been a lot of fun. been educational for me. Thank Hopefully for yeah. you, too. Do, do, Absolutely. Do thank you for having me, and thank you for uh, – Introducing this movie uh, to me because well, do you have any more insight about the movie that since you you, you saw it for the first time anything else you any other comments about the movie itself? Yeah, it, it definitely didn't go the way I thought it was going to go in certain places. You know, it obviously the movie sets up a few things that like with the wife, not the specific thing with the wife, but overall, like I kind of got where the journey was going, but there were definitely some surprises. Um. But yeah, overall, I really enjoyed it. Right. Excellent. Thank you very much. Uh, just a reminder to everybody, next week, we will actually have eight days of this show. We're going to go from Sunday to Sunday, uh, right before so we finish up the movie. And then uh, after that, we'll begin season three. So keep your eyes and ears open for, for what season three is going to be. Most people don't know. And uh, I mean, I know Travis knows, but... Yes, I do. <laughs> Hopefully, he'll he'll return for season three to to talk with us about a different movie. Yeah. Over the course of those eight days, we have four different guests, so it's it's going to be a fun fun week. So until Sunday, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs>